Jackson Sabonis two-man game inside. Domas dominant, dynamite inside on that one. Not afraid, and he got some dog in. And the steal, they can tie it with a three. Murray, yes, a Murray miracle in the desert. Welcome back to another episode of the Kings Pulse Podcast presented by the Kings Herald. My name is Brendan Nunez. And today, as always, we got Chris Watkins of Sacktown Sports 1140, Return of the Roar podcast, Kings Weekly, and a whole lot of other Kings stuff. Hold on, Chris. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. It's uh, the holiday season. You know, we're a couple days away from Christmas, so uh, I think I'm ready to... uh, I feel like I'm already in vacation mode. Like, a lot of people... You don't have to go into any office for work, but, like, at the station, it's, it's a ghost town. And it's been a coast town for like the past two weeks as I'm recording from home. But uh, it's just like I, I'm so ready to uh, to get in that holiday mood. You know, like you were just telling me you still have to uh, buy your Christmas gifts and stuff <laughs> like that's uh, that's what the season's all about. You know, that's when you really get into the, the Christmas spirit. It's almost better to do it uh, right before. So that way it's like, you know, you, you're kind of like you get a four day Christmas window instead of like a month of, you know just like watered down christmas so right i'm, 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 I'm ready i'm for a the clutch holidays. performer man right I'm a clutch that's performer, all it is you know going for that clutch player of the year right right jerry west Which, clutch player of the jerry year. west is fine it's the george mike in most improved where i'm like what is this <laughs> like that, that's the one where yeah. i was like are we really really it's like, just a little bit like yeah, why George Mikan? Like, I understand that they have the Mikan drill, which is like, uh, I think that's like a rebounding drill, if I'm not mistaken. But like, it feels like you should just name it. I think I was listening to Zach Lowe's podcast, yeah. and he was he was talking about it, and he had the right point of like, this is just a placeholder because this will be the Giannis Antetokounmpo most improved player of the As year in 15 years or in 20 As years or whatever the hell. Yeah. Yes. Totally agree with you. Um, we are just coming off a game where we saw another player that will eventually have a award right. after himself. <laughs> right. And, and LeBron James came into town um, right after the Kings had lost a, honestly, their worst loss of the year. Um, I feel like that's safe to say. I don't think I'm forgetting anything. Um, there were some bad losses yeah. earlier, but they were against good teams. Charlotte came the most in as disappointing the worst team in the league. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Um, against Charlotte, they lost 125-119. It kind of looked like they just maybe not overlooked the team, but thought it would be an easier night. Mm-hmm. And there were just so many layups they gave up to Charlotte. Um, I don't want to spend too much time diving into both of these games because we're going to focus on the all-star candidacy of De'Aaron Fox and DeMontis Sabonis throughout the course of this episode primarily. But I thought that that Charlotte game was really disappointing, but... The most important thing after that, like you could have a disappointing game every once in a while. Most important thing after that is you don't have two in a row. And they came out against the Lakers, who also have been bad this year. No Anthony Davis, no Russell Westbrook, no Austin Reeves. Um, They put up 134 on them, Mm -hmm. you know, and the Lakers have their offensive issues, but they were an all right defensive team. And again, no Anthony Davis makes a big difference there, but they put up 134. Um, What were some of your things that stood out to you the most throughout that Lakers game and even if you want to take it back to the Charlotte game at all yeah I mean I, I I'm trying to block that that Hornets game out of my memory as much as possible and just not talk about it not because you know you, you're not supposed to talk about the bad and we're not we're you know we're just being negligent but just like like you said like it just felt like they came out that game 
and were expecting to win and thought that, you know, they can kind of fall back on, you know, I think a lot of times, especially with like, you find this with like legit, you know, warriors, your, your Celtics, maybe this year where it's like, you can fall back on your culture or like what you have established as like, just kind of going through the motions. And you think that, you know, you're good enough team that even if you stumble, you can, uh, you can just, you know, fight through it through a 48 minute game. And it just felt like they were expecting at some point to kind of, uh, what's the term that people flip the switch is this term that people always use for like really dominant teams, especially when it comes towards playoff team, uh, playoff time. And I thought the Kings thought at some point that they could let the Hornets hang with them and then they'd flip the switch and the game would be over. What ended up happening is LaMelo ball flipped the switch and went absolutely postal in that fourth quarter. Um, and really just made it not impossible, but when, when LaMelo's playing like how he did in that fourth quarter, like, that's that was some ridiculous shit like that's that's some budding superstar type shit and i'm not huge on you know lamello ball being a future superstar maybe a potential all-star a multiple time all-star in the future but um you know i think with with that fourth quarter performance that that kind of just killed the kings any chance of that the kings had of coming back in that game um in terms of the laker game what really stuck out was you know, the, the obvious would be Harrison Barnes uh, had a really good scoring night for the Kings and, you know, for the mo- most of the night led the team in scoring um, and was also defending LeBron James on the other end. I thought he did a really good job uh, at just making it difficult for LeBron. You know, you're not going to stop LeBron by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, with no AD, no Russ last night, you knew LeBron was going to come in looking to get his. And he did. He got 31 points. But, uh, you know, for him to finish on the 21 from the field, like Harrison stuck out to me. He started to put some good games together. Obviously, Keegan Murray uh, has came out and, and really started to look a lot more comfortable. Kevin Herter, I mean, for him to, to you know, find his way out of his struggles last night, really good shit. And uh, the guy that we're going to talk about, Devonis Sabonis, has just been on an absolute another planet right now. Like, just his dominating fashion against honestly the thing that's not being talked about and you know the lakers uh and hornets aren't great examples of it but he's been doing uh just dominating against some of the most elite competition in the league um and it's just a, a nightly basis like you can really how many people can you realistically stay like i expect him to get at least 15 points 12 rebounds and seven assists on a given night like that's that's reserved for your Jokic's your Giannis's your Luka's of the world um, and we we somehow apparently have one of those guys uh, in Demonis Sabonis so like th- those those are really the major things that stick out but but specifically Sabonis and uh, also De'Aaron Fox who we're also going to talk about like De'Aaron uh, has come back from his injury and is finally starting to uh, to look more like the guy that we saw in the beginning of the year. For sure. Last night was as good as it gets, you know, like, yeah, um, that feels like a peak game, right? Like all you could have maybe asked more for is like a more explosive offensive, you know, scoring night from Malik. But uh, Mike Brown was was incredibly quick to to make note of the fact that, yeah, Malik was only one of three from the field, only had two points last night, still managed to get six assists. So uh, and that's something that Mike talked about with, I believe, Keegan, uh, or it was either Keegan or HB earlier in the season where it's like, yeah, you're not getting his points, but where else are you affecting the game? How right. else can you make HB an with impact his on the game? Right. 
Um, and, you know, you see that with Kevin Herter, who hasn't been hitting shots. He's not just focused on on scoring threes, though. You're seeing him penetrate, hit that nice little fall away that he's got inside the paint. Um, you know, he, he's managed to stay effective without hitting shots. Malik last night uh, still remaining to be an elite playmaker coming off the bench and, and you know, not letting his scoring dictate how he's going to play. And, and the more and more guys that you can get on your team that that are affecting the affecting the game in other ways besides scoring like that's that's just going to make this team even better uh, as this season goes on absolutely um i'm just i, I got a box score in front of me here i'm just now realizing that keegan shot 12 threes which did he really he I did not realize 12, that either and he made half of them right. um so good on him wow. but obviously he had a great night I, I just didn't realize quite the extent of the volume mm-hmm. but 23 points um, for the rookie, 20 points for HB, 26 for Herder, 22 and six for De'Aaron, who ended up getting ejected. Um, and the only guy that started that did not get 20 points or more was DeMontis Sabonis, who ends the game with 13 points, 21 rebounds and 12 assists. This man is insane. I think everybody that we talked to in post game yesterday was like, I think I looked up at the end of the first quarter and he had 10 rebounds and like, how the hell? Um, and that's like the story of Domas, man. Like I don't even, his numbers shock me when I look up at the scoreboard, but at the same time, like I almost don't feel like they do him enough justice. Like right. he, he's just, he's so ridiculously good. He makes everybody better. Um, but like we talked about a little bit on uh, yours and Frank's pods return of the roar earlier today, like, Domas is making everybody else better, but I think everybody is helping highlight Domas's skill set. And I don't think mm-hmm. he's had this before. You know, there was like Oladipo at one point during his time in Indiana. And that, those were the years that Domas was an all-star and Depot was an all-star. Um, and then there's Brogdon, but who was there aside from Brogdon? And, and Brogdon is one of those guys. But if you only have one, like it's just not the same as having the five or six that the Kings have of smart players that are also capable uh, at spacing the floor. Um, And the more and more Keegan can become that guy, the better that this team is going to be, you know, Um, and Keegan played great last night. He drew two charges, which is something that I think was a big focal point in his growth throughout the course of this season. And just as he continues to develop as an NBA player and get used to the speed of the game, I think that specifically, and then finishing at the rim, we heard Mike say like, don't give cats in this league respect they don't deserve. Go up and try to dunk it on someone. He tried to dunk it on someone for the first time yesterday. Yeah. And it caught me super off guard. At some point, I swear Keegan will just be trying to dunk on people. Like, <laughs> and I'm not saying, I guess I shouldn't say on people, but around right. people. You know what I mean? Like, Keegan is not going to cock it back and throw it down. He's just going to kind of drop it in. But he needs to do that instead of this double clutching weird layup stuff. And I think we're yeah. going to eventually get there. Um, but Keegan did win defensive player of the game and coach talked about it a little bit. We got Keegan first in post game, or maybe we got somebody, maybe we got Herder first. We and got, then we got Keegan. First, yeah. And then coach came out and said that Keegan won defensive player of the game. And it was like, well, that's, it's pretty funny that Keegan was just out here and he didn't mention that to us at all, <laughs> you know, um, which makes sense. But then Jason Anderson made a little comment and, and coach Brown had a, had a fun interaction there. Um, so the audio side, everybody will hear it. We're also on YouTube that I think the visual of the clip adds to it a lot. So if you happen to be on YouTube, then then check it out there. Um, but the audio uh, does it justice as well. So here is uh, Coach Brown on Keegan, defense player of the game. 
Jason. Mike Keegan didn't tell us he was DPOG. Maybe next time you send him in here with the chain on. Yeah, I, mean, I think it, from what I heard, I, 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 this this is rumor mill now, and I don't usually get in the rumor mill, but I'm going to get into it tonight because we won. I heard he broke it. Hey. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, it's going to eat into his uh, lottery money a little bit if he did. And, I, and then the second thing, you know, I, I don't know if he wanted to bring it up because you know, when we headed it out to, to I think it's been Domas and it's been HB, they've had a lot of swag when they put it on. And literally, uh, they put the chain on Keegan, and, and, and Keegan just stood here like this. And so they were like, have some swag, do something. And so Keegan was like, come on over. <laughs> then he just stood there. So he, he might not wanted to bring it up because if you ask his teammates, about his swag after it went across his neck, he might get killed a little bit. The come on over is the best part of that, especially if you look at the picture afterwards, right? That got right. posted from the Kings. Um, that was a great moment. And person, I'm shocked. I thought Keegan had a lot of swag, you know? No comment. <laughs> Absolutely no comment at all. It is Keegan uh, continues to just be my favorite player on the team, just in terms of like an unintentional comedy stance. Like, <laughs> yes. Oh, total accident. You're good. No, Mike Brown is like intentionally hilarious. Like he's trying to to make us laugh and get a reaction out of us. <clears throat> Keegan can literally say any like. You and I meme his burger thing all the time. Like the other day at practice, he was like, <laughs> "We were like, what if Kika just like talks in like instead of money figures, just like an amount of burgers? Like, oh, like that you know that Chick Fil A that they make me buy costs twenty five burger, twenty five McDoubles or something, <laughs> or you know whatever shit." The, like that. the but, lie that uh, you had. Um, was like, yeah, bro, I'm not like I got dinner tonight. I'm making 40k burgers a year. Like, <laughs> I I should have said it in that voice. We definitely have a voice. Not that we mock Keegan. We just you know imitate the way that all his imitation is for messing with him. Yeah, yeah, right. coach is messing with them. Uh, Keegan has messed with them publicly. Like, or I'm sorry, Malik has messed with them. De'Aaron's messed with them. Like, the guys are clearly messing with him. And we're doing it in the same way. You know, it's right. not it's nothing beyond that. Kings so if you'll great. remember now, this is the second Kings player that we have been told has no swag. There was Keegan uh, last night by Mike Brown. Let's see if you remember this. In in an episode of The Run, Kevin Herter says... Davion. Davion. <laughs> which was I disagree because... Yeah, absolutely. Because Davion, Davion will have some sick graphic tees, I will oh, say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, his shoes are always great. He's got cool shorts. Like, I... I mess with how Davion dresses, but Davion dresses like he could work out in his clothes at the same time. You know? <laughs> right. It's, it's a little bit of both. Right. Which is fine. No, yeah. I, I think uh I definitely think Davion has swag. I think his uh his lack of swag is more just like he's he's like that cool guy that is never like trying to be extra or just like you know he's you know he's yeah. just super basic. He's not gonna smile for a picture. <laughs> he's not gonna throw I up feel any it. signs or anything. I, I definitely feel it. Um, the one other thing that I want to highlight here is LeBron had a comment yesterday on the Kings. Um, and I will say there was a lot of media in that tall, in that small visiting room. Right. And 
the weirdest thing about seeing LeBron is less LeBron himself and more of the crowd that forms wherever this dude was. So I I was there courtside and Hunter Patton, Patterson of The Athletic um, was sitting next to me and he was like, oh, the, LeBron's coming over, right? And I was like, okay. Like, I didn't know that. He, I wasn't sure if he was going to warm up, right? And so then he comes over and you just like can see that like everybody realized this was about to happen at the same time. And everybody gets up and is on the baseline. I called you um, and was like, hey, Bron just came out here because we didn't think he was going to at that point. Right. And you and Frank showed up. But at the same time, you and Frank are showing up. Everybody else is doing the same thing that you two were doing. Like everybody just showed up. And the next thing I know, like this is the most packed baseline I've ever seen in my life. And it's just this guy with headphones in like doing basic warm-up stuff like right. he, his warm-up wasn't anything special <laughs> no it's not Steph curry taking half court shots no. or whatever you know steph makes it's a show just that it. it's braun and right. there's a whole crowd screaming at him like but no. it was the same way in media right like after we got out of sacramento media um i was gonna go walk over i think we both did to the lakers media side and we just got really lucky with timing we saw a bunch of people walking Perfect. in there i was like what's up and i think it was chris biederman that was like Oh, Bron's about to come over. I was like, okay, for sure. We're going to go in that room. And it's just a super packed room. And I think there were a handful of Sacramento media people that were hoping to ask a question, but didn't get an opportunity to. It was a pretty quick presser. Um, guy that did ask a question, putting on for, for Kings Media, was Kenny, who was part of the Kings social team. Shout out Kenny. And I think Mark was the one recording. Yes. And yeah, Mark got the footage. Yes. And that, that we'll play in a second here. And I will say, Kenny said that uh, Jonathan, Bradley, who has done the one-on-ones on the Kings YouTube with with Mike Brown, I think he's done it with Jordy, he's done it with Malik, and a handful of different people. Yeah, he's uh, the was the one that wrote up the question, hmm. and then Kenny just kind of recited it. Mm-hmm. But shout out to those two guys. Uh, Kenny was feeling himself when we got out of the room because he just asked Bron <laughs> yeah, a question, he did that. Yeah. and it was one of my favorite parts of yeah. the night. Um, but LeBron had a lot of nice things to say about Fox and Sabonis. So shout out Kenny for this question, uh, Jonathan for writing it and a, uh, Mark for, for getting this footage, but here's LeBron on just how good Fox and Sabonis have been and the importance of the surrounding pieces. You know, I think, um, De'Aaron and, uh, Demonis, they, they complement each other very well. I think what, um, Sabonis ability to be able to play at the elbow, like his father used to do, um, his ability to pass, his ability to rebound and score. Um, makes them very dynamic, um, and De'Aaron's speed. First of all, um, you know it gives him a lot of space um, because you don't want to step up because he will he will fly right by you. But his ability to make mid range shots, and also he's added a, a little post up to his game where he can shoot over guys that's uh, smaller than him, elevating. Um, you know makes him dynamic too. So, um, and then they just have guys around him that, that compliments him. You know you can. It's a lot of it's a lot of game within the game. Um, and when you have space um, like they have, and, and Herder and, and, and obviously the Rook um, shooting the ball uh, extremely well, um, you have Harrison Barnes out there that can spread the floor. It allows uh, De'Aaron to get uh, into the paint. It allows him to have space. It allows, allows Demonis to have space when you have guys out there that can spread the floor. You know, one of our uh, overtime segments was about the capping. Right. <laughs> yeah. How, how much do you okay. think LeBron actually watched Domas's dad? Because uh, he was like, you know, he's do- he does it just like right. his dad used to. Probably a lot. Like I, LeBron, absolutely he, student of the game, right? right. But That's like, the thing. to what extent? Like, 
Has he seen Arvidas play? Sure. More than likely. Has he seen highlights? For sure. Um, (laughs) Has he studied his game? Incredibly doubtful. Arvidas played like two to three years in the NBA. Uh, He was like 36, I think, when he came over to the NBA. He was very much washed. Uh, I shouldn't say wash because he actually was semi-productive. You're going to be careful but, with that word over here. My right, man. exactly. Uh, but, I mean, he was an absolute monster uh, for a majority of his time playing in Europe. So I, I don't think LeBron watched a lot of, uh, you know, Arvidas Sabonis European <laughs> highlights. But, you know, I also don't think it takes a genius to say, like, yeah, he used to play at the elbow and he was a good passer. Right. Like his dad. No, and, and I'm just I'm just messing around here. Like Broad, obviously, I I thought everything that Braun said was just great to hear. I mean, to hear a guy like that be complimentary of those guys, and of course, when I post the clips, I realized real quickly uh, that the main takeaway from most people's point of view was going to be, oh my god, this guy just wants spacing on the Lakers so bad. Like, did you hear the way he talked about spacing for the Kings? And I'm like, okay, I don't know about that, but also see where they're coming from, I guess. Um, but I think there is a lot of importance in that. Like those two guys are super dynamic. They complement each other. Well, Fox and um, Sabonis and new clutch client, Darren Fox, which I feel like is worth mentioning with LeBron. Um, but all the spacing around them that unlocks their game and allows them to play so well. And I think that brings us into the primary conversation we want to have today is just kind of checking in on these all-stars. Um, the voting just started on the 20th. I should have pulled the clip from practice the other day where coach is talking about uh, Fox and Domas. Everybody should go vote for them. He's talking about how it was Foxy's birthday and it was also Sean's birthday at the time. Um, and there was a fun clip there. So I'm sure people have seen it. Check out Sean Cunningham's Twitter, Instagram. Um, there was a great clip there, but Western conference, all stars, general league wide all stars just opened and Fox and Sabonis are the obvious two candidates for the Kings. So just to go through some of the specifics of how this voting works, um, I guess, first of all, the All-Star game is going to be from the 17th to the 19th in Salt Lake City. Shout out Frank. Pretty sure Frank's going to be there. Cardicelli. Um, The fan voting is open from, are you? I would Uh, love to try it as well. I don't think it's going to happen. but (laughs) I'm right there with you. Um, Fan voting goes from December 20th, open now, until January 21st. There are certain days where there's going to be each vote is worth triple the amount. I just had to make um, a graphic for this. <laughs> yeah, I know. Christmas is one, and they have like five or six other days. It's Christmas, I, New Year's Day. So it's 25th, the 1st of January, January 6th as well. Um, and uh, I believe it's the 13th. Okay. There's so a yeah, couple there's others, a- and you will definitely know when it is the day of. I'm sure people yeah. will be loud about it. Yeah. Um but voting is no longer allowed on Twitter. So when you see people doing this hashtag NBA All-Star, this was a thing in years prior. This is not a thing this year because of what happened with Andrew Wiggins last year. Not saying Andrew Wiggins sure. wasn't deserving of being an All-Star. Andrew Wiggins was not deserving of being an All-Star starter. Just to be blunt. What happened is that Golden State has a big following overseas. And they decided that on one of the double or triple voting days that they wanted to use the leverage of one of their K-pop stars for him to tweet it out. And it got a super huge amount of interactions. And that number itself like gave Wiggins a crazy amount of votes. 
So they don't want people to abuse this anymore, right? Yeah. But the starters, you can still vote on the NBA app and website. Um, and it's two backcourt players and three frontcourt players, right? So the starters voting works. 50% of it is fan votes. 25% of it is player votes. And the other 25% is selected media votes. So fan votes still matter a lot here. They're going to be half of what is accounted for here. Um, but again, any hashtag NBA All-Star on Twitter is not accounting for a vote like it previously did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the All-Star rever- reserves are voted on by the head coaches. And we were talking to some people about this yesterday. Like, you know, they'll have conversations with the rest of their coaching staff or anything. It's not like Mike Brown is like, I don't want to hear from anybody else. I'm picking right. my Like, this is all conversations, right? But I think it is telling, like, that's there's 30 people voting on the reserves. You know, like, mm-hmm. that's not much at all. Uh, It's obviously people very well informed. Like if I could only pick 30, these are about as good as it gets. Right. But um, that's how the reserves are voted on. Um, The starters will be revealed on January 26th on a TNT broadcast. The reserves will be released on February 2nd. Um, And again, starters, two backcourt players, three frontcourt players, reserves, also two backcourt players and three frontcourt players. And then you get two wild cards. Be whatever the hell you want backcourt or frontcourt. Um, and I want to start with the frontcourt and we're only going through the Western conference. Cause I don't give a damn about the Eastern conference. Um, <laughs> Sabonis, I do care about the Eastern conference. Yeah. <laughs> um, Demonis Sabonis is obviously Sacramento's candidate for the frontcourt here. Right. And his numbers so far this year, 17.9 points, 12.4 rebounds, which is league leading in rebounds. 2.8 of those 12.4 are offensive. 6.6 assists. So again, just under 18 rebounds, 12 and a half assists, six and a half, or I'm sorry, 12 and a half rebounds, six and a half assists on 62% from the field, 41% from three, which I will say is low volume. I think it's just about one a game. Um, and 73% from the free throw line. Damn good numbers, right? Yep. But all-star numbers. It is. And he's been an all-star twice, I believe. Yeah. Um, but he's not going to be a starter. He's not getting the fan vote, right? No. To me, LeBron James is absolutely a starter in the All Star game, right? Yes, one hundred percent. Okay, twenty-seven point one like, points. Like that's a like that is a lock. I, okay, so we are going to go through. I want to pick the people that you think are locks. Okay, and we'll start with that, um, yep. and then we'll pick the likelies, and yep. then what's the last wording I used? Possible. All right. Okay, and we'll see who falls into what category. But we'll start with locks as we go through here. LeBron James lock. Could yep. be the captain. Um, Probably. Just because of fan voting. Yeah. That dude is getting the most votes. Right. Um, 27.1 points, 8.4 rebounds, 6.7 assists on 48% from the field, 30% from three, 72% from the free throw line. I think the other one that's a lock is Nikola Jokic. Back-to-back MVP. Yeah. Um, 24.7 points. currently the one seed. Correct. Currently. Um which not by a huge margin. I think they're actually no. tied with. It's pretty much like a four-way tie. The Kings have 17 wins, and then just about every other Western Conference team above them has 19. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, Denver and Memphis technically tied. New Orleans is one game below them along with the Phoenix Suns, and then another half game below that. You got the Clippers, half game below you got the Kings. I think that that puts Jokic. As a lock, 24 and a half points, 11 rebounds, 9.2 assists, 61% from the field, 
The dude is making it back to back MVP. Yeah. That's a lock to me. Um, other lock I'll go with, and this is the only other one I kind of think of as a lock. There might be one other. Um, Zion Williamson. Mm-hmm. New Orleans is one of the best teams in the league. Um, they're a game out of first place in the Western Conference, 18 and 12. Zion is that guy. And he's also like, when it comes to fan vote, like, absolutely. I mean, Zion's a yeah, fan he's, favorite. He's Braun 2.0. His balance is stupid. Yeah. 25 and a half points, 7.2 rebounds, four and a half assists, rough estimates, 60% from the field, 33% from three, 71% from the line. Okay. So all the great locks right there, right? <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you noticed or not, but all of those guys are front court players as well. Right. And I'm only going through front court at, at um, first. Oh, okay. And then we'll go through backcourt. But agreed, LeBron, Zion, and Jokic are locks. Agreed. So, okay, we'll go, we'll go to one more before we just like claim those guys as starters. Mm-hmm. Is Anthony Davis a lock? 24, he... 27 point and a half points, 12 rebounds. And at this point, we're just assists. talking about to make the team. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll just, yeah. Right, because, I mean, we can't have four locks at front. Right, court. and I'm not going to say, like, all starters, but locks right. to make the team and whatever three yeah. end up being starters. I, I would say yes for multiple reasons. The the Lakerness of it all, where he's just going to get a lot of Laker fan votes. Uh, the fact that he was absolutely incredible for the past month. I think he was uh, averaging, like, 40 points a game in the month of December before he went down with an injury. Um so, you know, I would say yes, it, depending on uh, how how long he's going to be out with this injury here. Um, I think regardless, he should probably uh, be a lock to make the team, make the make the roster. I agree. Um, there's a chance he's like an injury replacement or something, mm-hmm. or maybe he just doesn't play again until the All-Star game. And then that mm-hmm. gets him out of it. But I'm not going to count on that right now. Like. We don't, I don't know what the hell his injury is. Like it, mm-hmm. it's not very clear, right? He sprained his ankle midair. Like how? <laughs> what? It's something that um, only Anthony Davis could yes. do. Like only a man who is made. Him and Greg Oden. are made of glass. Right. Yeah. Like <laughs> there's nobody else. And maybe Andrew Bynum, like maybe this was just a bullying incident and we didn't tell us. I don't know. <laughs> um, God, I forgot about there, that. There were, um, yeah, we were in that room with Braun yesterday and the Laker guys are like asking him some sort of questions about. Um, about injuries and how that is to deal with it. And in the Laker reporter was like, we don't know how long AD is going to be out. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. That's the one thing that could keep him out of this, but I'm calling it a lock. Yeah. Um, and it seemed like you were comfortable doing that too. So that's four guys right yeah. there. Yeah. We're only getting to six. I, I think we'll lock. We'll say yeah. the six. Um, and then we'll go to the backcourt and then we'll deal with the wild cards from there. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. Um, so after this, obviously we have Sabonis. Um, it gets tough. Um, Paul George. Yeah, I, I was going to say Paul George. He's missed 10 games so far for, for the Clippers so far this season. I don't think that's enough to disqualify him. Uh, the Clippers have been really good this year. I mean, Paul George has already given the Kings a 40-piece uh, so far this season. We saw how bad the Clippers were without even, you know, they didn't have Kawhi Leonard either. They were incredibly banged up the other day when the Kings played him. But, uh, you know, without without Paul George, without Kawhi Leonard, uh, that Clipper team is, is in a lot of trouble, and they've been able to uh, figure it out. They're 19 and 14 on the season, only a game and a half out of first place in the West. Like, 
I think Paul George is a big reason for that, a big steadying uh, hand for them. And then, you know, he's also got the star power behind it as well, which which we can't forget. Again, I, I said this on uh, on the return of the roar pod, but we are not talking about all NBA here. We are not talking about numbers are numbers, facts are facts, wins are wins. We're talking about an all star game where it's just factual that part of being an all star is the second part of that you have to be, you know, you don't have to be a star, but being a star is incredibly uh, beneficial in terms of, of being selected to an all-star game. So uh, I don't know if I'd say Paul George is a lock, but he is absolutely. Sabonis. I feel like he's, yeah, I'm just trying to compare him with Sabonis. It feels like they probably have an equal shot of making it. Though Sabonis number-wise absolutely deserves it more than Paul George, I just think the star power of Paul George probably gives him the nod. But Sabonis is a lot more likely to be the the coach selection. I agree, Um, which is what it comes down to for these reserves. And and I think that Domas is going to have a lot of pull and respect from these coaches. Mm -hmm. Um, But Paul George there, like – I'm a big Brandon Ingram guy, but he has missed a lot of games. He missed a lot of games. Brandon Ingram is a great shout because he absolutely like that fool is is an all star lock minus his uh, his games played. I don't know how many he's, he's only, he's only 15. played fifteen games he's so far this season. The last eleven, and he's he expected literally to miss missed at least another half week. of their games. He he has missed half of the Pelicans games, um, but in those games, I mean, he's been incredible. 20 points per game, four, just under five assists, just over five rebounds, uh, shooting 46% from three on the season. Um, yeah, I mean, Brandon Ingram, again, like that Pelicans team has been incredible this year. Uh, I, I definitely think if Brandon Ingram can come back and, and string together another good 15 to 20 games before the All-Star break, I would expect him to be in there pretty confidently. If he's playing, um, yes. and it is I a think big he's if. in there. I think that he... okay. So let's go through some of the other names because I think yep. he's a tier below Domas and Paul George right now because of the injuries. There's Laurie another Mark. name we haven't said. I was that's the one. That's that is another one where it's like, you know, this where it might be where it gets political. We'll we'll, we'll go through the uh, the backcourt, but there's a chance that maybe Fox gets the nod over. So, you know, the Kings. You know, maybe they collude that all the coaches and media collude and uh, they're like, we only can fit one Kings player in and we have to pick between Domas or Fox. And maybe, you know, the fact that they feel like, you know, with the jazz story this year, again, these are these are part narrative as well with with how well the jazz have played this year. It does kind of feel like someone on the jazz does need to be represented in the Western Conference All-Stars just because. They have been good for a reason, and that reason is mainly Laurie Markkinen, who, is, uh, who has had a breakout year. Um, 22 points a game, 8 rebounds, 53% from the field, 43% from three. Uh, those, are, those are absolutely all-star numbers. Those are possibly most improved player of the year numbers. Yeah. I think Markkinen's got a real good shot at making the team here as well. It also kind of feels like, yeah, he's probably got as, about as good of a shot as Sabonis. I'm putting Domas above him just because I'm betting that the Jazz start to lose a few more games, as I they kind of mean. have. Like, yeah, I mean, they're not bad, but they were on fire at the beginning of the yeah. year, Absolutely. and that has slowed down. Um, just give him the George Mikan shout, and he doesn't need to be in the All Star game. I, I think that he is a good shout here for sure, but 
I think that Paul George and Demonis Sabonis are the two above him. And right now we have four guys. So we're only going to make it to six right now. And then later we will come back to these um, wild card reserves. But Laurie Markkinen and Brandon Ingram, as of right now, are not taking either of Domas or Paul George off the board for me. Is it maybe crazy to throw? I mean, he's not going to be above Sabonis or Paul George, but Jeremy Grant? No, I have Jeremy Grant's name right here. He's been playing out of his mind. Yeah. 21.8 points from three. Yeah. 61% true shooting. Like, oh my goodness. And he's a, excuse me, a really good defender. (sighs) This is not going to play into his all-star candidacy at all. Very strange to me. Jeremy Grant has zero double doubles this season. Hmm. Well, he doesn't rebound very well. He doesn't, but just, just thought that was interesting. Yeah. I think, I mean, Andrew Wiggins was a starter last year and, there's an aspect of being on the Warriors when it comes to fan votes, but he's not going to be a starter this year, obviously. I don't and I don't think that coaches. I don't think, gonna, yeah. I don't think so either. Um, I don't think he deserves it. About no. Cat. Cat's yeah. tough too because he's he's missed a he's going to miss a good chunk of time here. Um, I don't think so. With how disappointing Minnesota's been, um, you know, the the fit with him and Gobert, I think, is a big reason for that. I, I just don't weeks. think so. Oh be, uh, shit. Yeah, I just don't think he'll be he'll be considered. Yeah. Gobert as well, you know. Gobert's had solid numbers for Gobert. Nothing nothing out of the ordinary. Fourteen and twelve for him, but um, just with the lack of success of that team, I think it's not a very sexy pick. There's just there's just a lot more. There's frankly just a lot more deserving people. Yeah, no, I definitely see that. Um, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, he's got a chance for sure. Um, you know, it, Phoenix, Phoenix is Phoenix top of the West, right? Big, yeah, yeah. A lot of people haven't been talking about Phoenix so far this year. Uh, eight, what is eight in numbers? He's at 17 and a half and just under 10 rebounds, shooting 62% from the field. That's that's near the top in the league. Yeah, it just feels like Aiden, you know, Aiden's got that tough hill to climb where he's he's definitely below Sabonis. I'd probably put him below Markinen as well, but you know that again like you said i think that's that you know record wise is probably going to play a factor but yeah um, I, I feel good about our four that, that, so do i and and i'll go through other names real quick just to list yeah. off a couple that i think will be somewhat part of the conversation i saw somebody mention i i don't actually know that i agree with this but i saw somebody on twitter today mention aaron gordon just saying that he's the second best player on the best record in the NBA or the best team in the western conference right now and there is pull to being the second best player on that team, but sure. less pull when your first best player is maybe the best player in the league. Right. Um, so I, I don't There's really a lot think of his that value he's, is defensive as well. Which right, and and not I don't very think conducive to all star. Yeah, I don't think he's that much in consideration there. Right. Um, but just a shout, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, like no, Warrior guys are going to get shouts. I don't think so. Um, the one that is interesting to me, so I played fourteen games this year, but is already like sneaking his way into defensive player of the year conversation. Could Jaron Jackson Jr. be part of this? Yeah, I don't know if he's played enough games. He missed uh, the first month and a half or so of the season. I haven't checked it. I mean, yeah. he has been really, he's played really half good. of it. But if he yeah. keeps it up from here, you know. Right. He's been uh, he's been pretty efficient. Sixteen points, six rebounds, fifty percent. You know, I I don't know if any of his numbers really stick out. Obviously, you know, you you mentioned his defensive ability. He's at three point two blocks per game. Yeah, what the hell? Um, 
I just don't. Maybe if Memphis has a moment, but again, like these these tend to be very narrative. And Memphis is the number two seed in the Western Conference right now, but it hasn't really felt like uh, you know they they've had the same kind of uh, um, I don't want to say media impact, but again, like they, they haven't had their moment. I would say so far this season, and uh, maybe if that happens in between now and then. But I, I'm I'm a big believer in the in the fact that a lot of these things are narrative. So am I, uh, which the Kings have a damn good narrative going for they them. They do. They really, really do. Like, like they have yes. a top five, top three narrative right now in the league. So they're definitely, if they keep this up, like, I mean, it's it's going to show itself at the end of the year as well, where um, I think that they could really, like, I, they have a really good shot at winning awards this year. And it's not like they have an outright favorite where it's like, oh, Malik Monk is head and shoulders going to be the sixth man of the year. and there's maybe somebody else for consideration. It's like you look at an award and I can give you somebody from the Kings who realistically yeah. has a shot at winning that award. You're talking exec of the year, coach of the year, six man of the year, most improved player of the year. Uh, I feel like I'm missing clutch player of the year. I think De'Aaron's got a shot at that too. Like there, there's legitimate, you know, you can, I'm not going to argue it, but I think NBA.com even had a, uh, a an MVP ladder that, oh, that no. may or may not have featured Demonis Sabonis' name in it. So it should not have. I'm not going to lie, but you know, <laughs> I a big Dobos guy. I think he's an All Star. Like I, yeah, but I am comfortable going with Davis, LeBron, Zion, and Jokic as the locks, and then the two likelies to settle into our six: Demonis Sabonis and Paul George, and then we'll come back to wild cards after we go through the cards. Yeah. With with like a with a Brandon Ingram, right? I don't know if I would I would put Brandon Ingram definitely first in the got next category. Laurie Markkinen, I think is, yeah, I would put Laurie behind, uh, uh, behind Ingram, and then probably Jaron Jackson. So, yeah, I think those are the three for me. Also, for sure, Laurie um, been the most healthy. But if Ingram and or Jaron Jackson can play a good majority of it leading up to that point, I think yeah. those two guys would have been all stars, you know, mm-hmm. um, or still could be. When it comes to guards, two obvious a lot ones. Deeper. Yeah, the, the, I, I think we know the starters though. Yeah, and maybe I'm crazy. Steph Curry, I don't mm. know, needs explanation. Thirty points, six point eight assists, six point six rebounds. 50% from the field, 43% from three, 91% from the free throw line. Um, and second, I'm going with Luca. 32.2 points, 8.7 assists, 8.3 rebounds, 49% from the field, 34% from three, 73% from the free throw line. Um, he's a one-man show. Dallas has nothing else. Like they have, I, I don't want I don't want to be disrespectful. Like yeah. I like Christian Wood. I think Spencer did what he's nice. I'm a Josh Green, Josh Green guy, Dorian Finney Smith, but like there's nobody anywhere close to Luca. Um do you think those two are – I was going to say starters. I guess we could debate that real quick. They're definitely locks, yeah. but – They're they're definitely locks. I kind of – it took me a second there because, I mean, yeah, Steph is out, and, and that's mm. – I'm pretty sure he'll be back by the All-Star. He's only meant to miss a month. Uh, All-Star is in mid-February, mid, uh, mid so Steph should be back just in time for that. But when you first said it, I kind of imagined that it was going to be Ja. I feel like, really, you know, 
Steph absolutely is going to get the uh, the fan vote one one hundred thousand percent. He even deserves to get any other you know coaches vote, media vote, player vote as well. He he was the best player, I think, uh, or you know maybe not overall best player, but offensively the things he was doing uh, to keep that Warrior team afloat was incredible. We saw him have an incredible game against the Kings as well. Um, he was he's been carrying that team on his back all season, so he absolutely deserves it. But I feel like this could be like a really big transition point where it's like this is kind of Jaws position maybe in the future. Like he might have a lot. It might be we might be looking at eight straight years here of John Morant and Luka Doncic as the Western Conference starting backcourt. Okay. There's maybe, you know, I, I think Devin Booker also definitely deserves a shout. I don't there, know. I, I would put, I would put him as a lock to make the team, but who uh, book book. Yeah. yeah. I think it's tough. I, I okay, think, so uh, I think they're all deserving, but Luca, absolutely. Like Luca is 100. Th- I would bet my life savings that Luca, which is not a lot of money that Luca Doncic will make the all-star game. I mean, he, he's got the obvious, the, the fan lore. Uh, I believe he's averaging just under a triple double for the season. He's averaging 32 points per game, yeah, 8.7 assists, oh. 8.3 rebounds a game. Uh, yeah, he's uh, he's decent. He is good. And to me, the Curry thing is that, like, that's the leading vote getter. Yeah. Like, he's probably the captain, you know. And and we could talk at the end after we go through our wild cards, like, the guys right after that that are the possible injury substitutes, right? And this that's where, like, Curry could come in, right? Because right. wasn't somebody a supposed uh, to be a captain, Um recently and then they didn't end up being that because of an injury no they don't care that you can still be a captain i believe it was katie oh but katie, he didn't play uh, was hurt right and he just that's didn't right that's right um and i i think we'd see a similar thing with steph like it's the only guy i've ever seen have like that same brawn effect that we saw yesterday right. um father <sighs> wow, so there's one you didn't mention yet that i mean sga as well yes he, he's, he's averaging uh, 31 <clears throat> Yeah. 31. Yeah. Like, I know OKC's not good. I don't know. Oh, it doesn't really matter. Care. It doesn't matter. It like, doesn't matter. You can't average 30 plus and not be here. If I can if I can revert this back to football and the Vikings, uh, he is Justin Jefferson. <laughs> like it it's one of those things where it's like if he's not on the team, they have four wins. Like right. the reason why they're being so successful is because Shea Gilgis Alexander is willing them to wins uh not on a nightly basis but when they get their wins uh it is in large part because shay is playing so well like he just had a stretch of how many uh this is at, in late november he had a stretch of one two three four five six seven straight games of over 30 points uh per game and he's not even a score i mean he he is clearly scoring and putting up ridiculous scoring averages but he, you know, a main part of his game is not scoring. It's his length, it's his playmaking ability. Like he, he brings so much more than just scoring to the table. And the fact that he's averaging thirty-one points per game is absurd. Like I would have never guessed that he would have been able to put up those kind of numbers. So he absolutely. I mean, he 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 has to be on this roster as well. Okay, if we're only allowed to say four players for sure right now, we're making this. Mm-hmm. All Luka we can think is Steph. four for sure. Well, okay, so for now, and then okay. I feel like it's wrong to say five locks when there's only four spots. But I don't 
You okay, said so, that there's the two wild card spots as well, though, correct? Right, right. But I feel like we should lock. We should go back to the front court for a sec first before we lock right. in those wild cards. Like, yeah. So Steph and Luca for sure, right? Yes. Between Shea, Book, and Jaw, who are you most confident in? Book. Okay. I'm good with that. After that, like, you kind of shook me a little bit with the jaw thing. I'm not going to lie. Like, I, I think jaw is great. But, yeah, I think I mean, that that also has a lot to do with the star fair as well. Where yes. it's like, I, I know kids love jaw. I mean, Stupid. I love I love jaw Morant, too. Yeah. But, uh, you know, jaw is just like he's the emotional leader of that team. This is an all star game we're talking about. If we're talking about an all star game. I need to see jaw Morant in. You're right. So maybe we just lock both of these guys and that locks in a wild card spot. I think that's it. And again, this this points directly to how tough it's going to be for De'Aaron Fox to make this roster. Right, because we haven't gotten to. So we have our starters and reserves locked at this point. Not locked, mm-hmm. but our predictions. Right. Curry, Luca, Shea, Booker. One of the reserves is Jaw. Mm-hmm. Or one of the... um. Wild cards is jaw. For the front court, we got Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Zion Williamson, Nikola Jokic, and then we got Sabonis and Paul George. Um, with the main shouts after that being a Brandon Ingram, Laurie Markinen, and um yeah, or, uh, Jaron Jackson. And Jaron Jackson. All of those guys are below the person, the Booker SGA jaw, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So safe to do that. Um the other so keep Brandon Ingram, Laurie Markinen, and Jaron Jackson in mind when we're trying to figure out these next ones, okay? Because there's only one more spot now, Ugh. which is fucking crazy. Damian Lillard, bro. Yes, absolutely. Like, if, if we're talking about the Kings' success this season and how impressive they've been, Portland Trailblazers are damn near the same record as they, they have two more losses than the Kings. Um, and Damian Lillard has just been, I mean, from coming back from injury has been incredible. Right back up to 27 points per game, seven assists per game, shooting his 44% from the field, 39 from three. Uh, and it's Dame. It's Dame. Again, like, all-star game. We're talking about an all-star game here. Okay, so after Dame, which Dame, Brandon Ingram, Laurie Markin, and Jaron Jackson. Dame at the top. You're a marketing guy, huh? I was actually thinking Ingram, but okay. just because it might be like, and I don't, I don't think this will play. This is my own bias, but like, it's almost too many point guards at that point. Mm-hmm. Like you need, which I will say, I have some beef with this whole system. Right, the whole oh, big time two big guards, time. three three um front court. Like, give me two guards, two front court, and then right. one of anything. Right, you know, like. How many teams run three guard sets? Like, why are we even doing positions? Right. Why right. not just like, do well, five five players? I somewhat get why? it. Like, why? I mean, if, yeah. if no, I mean, let's just get the the fifteen best from each conference. I mean, that's what how people play basketball now, right? Like, that's what I'm saying. It's if you're putting LeBron positions. at the five, sometimes like the, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. I don't know if it changes it too much at the end of the day, but I mean it. So if we just take those parameters off for a minute, the starting lineup for the West, I would say is Steph, Luca, 
LeBron, Zion, Jokic. and Booker. Maybe Jokic. Jokic. Jokic, right. Jokic. I don't know why I keep forgetting about the two-time MVP. And then we go Booker. So I, guess, I mean, that doesn't change it at all then, if you're no, saying position. Not really. So, yeah. Dame feels like a likely. Yeah. To, yeah, to go back to your rankings, I feel like... It is fucking mm. game, dude. Like, it is, man. But like, these guard, coaches. this guard pool is no joke. So, so let's go through some of these others. Yeah, Anthony Edwards. I think that Minnesota's just gonna get shafted by the fact that the the team record isn't there. Yeah, I feel that. Um, Anthony Simons, I think, deserves just to have his he name mentioned, shout, right? But right. he is below Lillard, obviously, right? Um, and below De'Aaron Fox. Yep. Um, I'm kind of out of guards. I also wrote down Jalen Green and Desmond Bain. I was Bain. gonna say I was gonna say him 100 because Jalen Green's numbers are crazy. Um, yep. Actually, don't have them in front of me. I got them right here. Uh, 21.3 points, 3.6 assists, 4.2 rebounds, 41 percent from the field. Nothing special. 31 percent from three. Nothing special. But uh, I, if you watch him on a given night there's a lot special about him and oh, yeah. like it could just kind of be a, uh, you know, an honorary kind of thing. But unfortunately with how deep the guard pool is, I just don't think he, uh, he's going to deserve it. That's where I'm at too. eventual all-star, but not yet. Um, yeah. Desmond Bain is missing time. Um, yes. That's the only reason why, because Desmond Bain is another great shout to make the all-star team Yeah, three to four weeks. Um, so that's a tough one, but mm-hmm. so we got one, two, Steph, Luca, Shea, Booker, Morant, and Lillard. That and then you throw Fox in there. I mean, Fox is in the conversation. Well, if he's we, he's if not. We, he is not a likely at all. But if well, we're if we talking, have, if we have that, who, we who can't even next? like. Yeah, yeah. So, so pretty much, say we take Dame out because Dame was at the bottom of that for us, right? So technically, this like tier where we have one person to pick from is Damian Lillard, yep. De'Aaron Fox, mm-hmm. um, Brandon Ingram, mm-hmm. Lori Markkinen, mm-hmm. and Jaron Jackson Jr. And Dame feels like the obvious one there, to be honest. Man, I guess I am a Lori guy. I think that Dame and Lori are definitely the one-two there. Um I just really think that it, it 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 is again. It's very dependent on how Utah finishes out the uh, the first half of the season. But I think that it'd be tough to deny a team that was supposed to be bottom bottom of the league. Uh, the fact that they're two games above five hundred right now is, is in large part due to Laurie Markin and in uh, in the turnaround that he's had this year. I think I could see Laurie possibly getting uh, getting the nod over Dame. I don't know if he deserves it. Again, I'm I'm very impressed with Portland was in a similar situation where last year they were terrible. Uh, Dame was out for the entire year. And then you come in this year, kind of confused expectations, not sure if they're going to, uh, you know, just be right back to the Portland that was in the Western Conference Finals a few years ago. And uh, yeah, you know, they're not to that tier yet. But the fact that they're uh, in this playoff race as well, I think that Damian Lillard, it, it would be weird if, 
if uh, Damian Lillard doesn't make it and if Portland's ahead of Utah in the standings and uh, Laurie Markkinen makes it over Dame, it's just a little strange. So, right. I don't know. So, the squads we got then are LeBron in for the front court. Yep. LeBron James, Zion Williamson, Anthony Davis, Nikola Jokic, and then DeMontis Bonus and Paul George. For the backcourt, we got Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Shea Gilgis Alexander, Devin Booker, John Morant, and then there is one spot left for any of Damian Lillard, De'Aaron Fox, Laurie Markinan, Brandon Ingram, Jaron Jackson Jr., Jeremy Grant. But I will say uh-huh. Steph Curry could be out. Right, there's injury replacements. Absolutely. Anthony Davis could be somebody that gets replaced. Mm-hmm. Like so anybody could go down prior to that. And that is where De'Aaron could sneak in. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think that De'Aaron's favored in that group. But if the Kings roll off a lot of wins right now, and they mm-hmm. have a somewhat favorable schedule, they do have a very easy January. Then maybe that does it, right? But I feel like Domas and De'Aaron are comparable skill levels. Um, actually, I don't really like comparing it that much, but I feel like they're in the same sort of stratosphere. Here, um, right. Yeah. But... It's just the difference between front court and back court. It, really, yep. the difference is how many spots there are. There's yep. three front. There's six front court spots. There's four back court spots, and then two whatever reserves. Like we have five guys in our back court that were like these guys are for sure making it, and there's only four spots. Like we're taking up one of the reserves because this is like no, this guy's making it. But I think that if there is injury replacements, which there always is, that's how Domas made maybe both of his all-star teams, at least one of them previously was through that. So Mm -hmm. I I think that he, De'Aaron will have a chance. I would be surprised if Domas doesn't make it. I'm certainly not comfortable calling him a lock, but I would be surprised if he didn't make it. And, and I think De'Aaron's got a shot. I think De'Aaron's got like a, you know, 30% chance type of thing. Like Mm -hmm. he's in that conversation, you know, it's, it's just tough, man. And that's no slight on him. It's just right. some of these guys are crazy. Yeah, I think I feel the same way about Domas, where it's like I, I'm not I'm not willing to say like, yeah, I would be shocked if he doesn't make it because I do feel like uh, the narrative is starting to change around who should be the more likely of the superstar or of the uh, all stars that from the Kings. I think, uh, you know, especially with his play at the beginning of the season, De'Aaron was kind of the front runner and the face of the all star push for the Kings. But um, as Sabonis has just racked up these incredible games and just been incredibly consistent through the uh, through the entirety of the season, it's kind of clear that everything runs through Domas, um, and he's the one. If anybody should be represented, on top of like you said, just the logistics of how the numbers work out. Um, it's also funny to me that like De'Aaron coming into his NBA career, the the major comp for him was Mike Conley, and what was Mike Conley known for up until last <laughs> year? being the guy who is an all-star but has never been an all-star, as in the guy who is always like, you know who's an all-star? Mike Conley. But you do the list, you do the lineup, and it just so happens that he's always the odd man out. So, um, And Mike Conley, to your point, only made it because of an injury. And he was an injury replacement last year, and that got him the spot. I don't know if it was. Was it last year or was it two years? It might have been two years I, ago. I think it was last year. Um. And so, yeah, you know, there's 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 a good chance that we're talking the next four, five, ten years about how 
De'Aaron Fox deserves to be an all-star, but just keeps missing out because John Morant, Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Scoot Henderson, whatever, uh, you know, like right. you, Jalen Green. Again, like there's yep. just so many good guards out there, Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, that he just kind of gets lost in the numbers. And it doesn't really speak to how, you know, to speak poorly of De'Aaron's play. It's just it's unfortunate that, like you said, it's just kind of a numbers game. And, and there's just a whole lot less big men doing things that Domas is doing. And there's a whole lot of guards who put up a fuck ton of numbers. Like the fact that SGA, like if SGA were 26, six and six, it might be a little more understandable to leave him off when his team is four games, 10 games under 500 or whatever uh, for De'Aaron Fox, who's a couple points less, but is on a winning team. But when when you have somebody averaging thirty one points a game, like yeah, you can't you can't deny that you just can't. So um, it's not fair to him, but that's that's just kind of the way the cookie crumbles. Absolutely, where I'm at, I think he's got a chance. I do think a lot of it has to do with how the Kings perform over this next stretch of games. Um, if, if they can continue to improve, then I think uh, their chances just Darren's chances continue to improve with it. So sure. that's where I'm at. Um, I do got to cut this off. I got to get my yeah. Christmas shopping done. Yeah. And there's only so much time to do that. Um, there was plenty of time before, but you know, that's where I'm at now. So yeah, I know any, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> any final thoughts, my guy. Yeah. The more and more I'm thinking about it, I think, uh, if I had to guess, if I had to put an actual prediction, I think Brandon Ingram takes Paul George's spot as being like an actual bona fide player on the roster. And Paul George probably falls into that. Can he squeeze into one of the wild cards? And I will say Kawhi's been playing. Yes. Yeah. Kawhi can sneak yeah. his way into this conversation. Got 12 games in so far yeah. this year. He's only missed uh, the back-to-backs since he's come back. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a 30-point game the other night. Like he, And he's got that pull just to being Kawhi Leonard. You know, like, Right. So I think that uh, he deserves a shout. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is in this conversation. Like, shit, Clay could go crazy. I don't know. Like, yeah, there's there, there's there's a handful of guys. Um, mm-hmm. So it'll be tough. I would guess that Domas does. De'Aaron has a outside chance that probably is going to be reliant on uh, injury replacements. So yep, that's where we're at. Um, Wrap it up. That is all I got. I appreciate y'all hopping in here um, and tuning in as always. Definitely take a look. Or well for myself and Chris Watkins of Sackdown Sports 1140 Return of the Roar podcast um, Kings Weekly all of the above and thanks to everybody for listening take a look at the Kings Herald to see my work as well as all the other great guys and gals there um, take a look at their Patreon to support local independent Kings coverage and if you enjoyed this episode of the Kings Pulse podcast please subscribe rate and review and hear from us again next couple days